Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 14 through 16 called Philistia's Fall and Moab's Morning. Grab your Bible, if you would. Turn to the book of Isaiah. Okay, what you want tonight is Isaiah. We're going to start at the end of chapter 14. So if you find the Psalms and the Proverbs, turn a little bit towards the New Testament. You'll get to Isaiah. If you're new to living truth, what we do is we teach verse by verse through the Bible. Let the Bible speak for itself. And we are studying the great book of Isaiah. So many prophecies, so many incredible stuff in the book. There's a lot of hope, but there's also a lot of judgment, a lot that God has done historically and a lot that he will do in the future, and uh, that is what's called prophecy. And so what we will do in Isaiah 14 is start at verse 28 tonight. Isaiah 14, 28. I'm going to pray one more time. Father, as people have located the text, we know that the ultimate teacher is your Holy Spirit who lives in us. He can be grieved, but yet uh, we know that he wants to fill us and empower us. He can be quenched, and yet at the same time, he wants to reign in us and cause us to live in victory. And so, Lord, we pray that as the Spirit is fed tonight, as we feed our inner man by the power of your Holy Spirit, your word is the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And so we, we pray that as we look at it tonight, you would open our hearts, that you would be glorified, that you would mold us more into the image of your Son, and that you would teach us wonderful things from your Word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Isaiah 14, 28, in the year that King Ahaz died, this oracle came. Now, King Ahaz was the king that had an opportunity In Isaiah 7, God gave Ahaz a blank check. The Assyrians were threatening. There were other groups threatening. And Ahaz had an opportunity to turn to God instead of to man. God had given him the promise of Emmanuel. The the promise in the near fulfillment is, I am with you. The ultimate fulfillment of Emmanuel is Jesus Christ. God with us. But in that ancient situation where armies were flowing down to the area of Judah, King Ahaz of Judah had an opportunity. God said, I will give you a blank check. Ask me as, far, as high as the heavens, as deep as the deepest parts of the earth, ask me and I will give to you. And Ahaz said, no, I won't test the Lord. He sounded religious, but his life was really a sham. We find in 2 Chronicles 28, a uh, historic picture of Ahaz. Ahaz was into idolatry. He made his son pass through the fire. He was a wicked king who followed the way of the world. God had given him an opportunity, yet he did not take that opportunity, and his life ended in disaster. And there's a lot of people in that situation tonight. You have an opportunity to tap into the resources of God, and God has really left the handle of the door on your side. I said a couple Sundays ago that God is not going to cause the Bible that I know of to fly off the shelf and open up in front of you. He is going to ask you to make a move to draw closer to him. The fact that you're here tonight is a great indication of that. 
It's easy to do a number of other things. It's easy to be busy in this world. It's easy to have everything else be your priority except the kingdom of God. But Jesus said, seek what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Ahaz didn't do that. He looked for human solutions to his problems. And all of us, we've done that before. All of us look for plan A, plan B, plan C, and then finally we say, gulp, I think I'll pray now. But God wants prayer and his kingdom to be the first priority of our lives. And King Ahaz is a good contrast with King Uzziah, who was a good king. And remember that Isaiah got his call in the year that King Uzziah died, and he saw the Lord high and lifted up. Now here's some judgment. Do not rejoice, O Philistia, all of you, because the rod that struck you is broken. Now the rod that struck you is probably the rod representing Israel or David specifically. David had a lot of victories over the Philistines, you remember, and Philistia is that region of the Philistines. And they seem to be rejoicing kind of on the sidelines of the demise of Israel. Remember, after the rule of David and then Solomon, the kingdom of Israel was really split. There was the southern and northern tribes, and the the kingdom kind of forgot what they stood for, and the kings largely went into idolatry and led the children of Israel astray. And so it appears that the Philistines were sitting on the sidelines saying, oh good, isn't that great, the demise of the ones that have struck us, that have been a thorn in our side. Sometimes it's easy for people to celebrate the demise of people that they don't like. And I think that our culture does a good job of that too, because they don't ever, I've never seen a a new special pastor visits sick patient at 11.30 p.m. on his day off. I've never seen a special news bulletin on that one. But I have seen when a pastor falls, the news just jump all over that. Oh, there go those Christians again, right? But rarely, if ever, will you see a positive report on pastors who are actually doing what they're supposed to do, because that's not good news for the news anyway. And so they are uh, really rebuked here for rejoicing. Don't rejoice, Philistia, all of you, because of the rod that struck you is broken. For from the serpent's root, look at this, a viper will come out and its fruit will be a flying serpent. Now, if you like pictures and you like to get your arms around language, here's here's the idea. Don't rejoice that the rod that fell to the ground is broken, representing Israel and the good kings of Israel. Because that broken scepter is going to become something worse for you. It's going to become a flying serpent. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like snakes. Like Indiana Jones, I don't do snakes. Well, uh, could you imagine if a snake, and I don't know if there's such a thing as a flying snake. I, I've heard of snakes in the trees and stuff, but could you imagine a snake that could fly? Could there be anything scarier than that? Now, you might be asking the question, well, what's the connection between the rod and the snake? Well, think back to the book of Exodus when Moses was going to go uh, challenge Pharaoh. And he said, what if the people don't believe? And God said, what's that in your hand? He says, it's a staff. Throw it down on the ground. And the staff became what? It became a serpent. And the Pharaoh used to wear, historically we know, he would wear a cobra crown on his head. And so he thought he was all that, right? The ruler of Egypt and all that. And remember when the confrontation happened between Moses and Aaron and the Pharaoh, the the rod of God became a serpent and the magicians of Pharaoh were able to duplicate that miracle. 
Now, we don't know if that was demonic power or some magician's trick, but either way, remember the serpent of Moses swallowed the serpents of Pharaoh. And that was a picture of what God was about to do to Egypt. He was about to swallow them up by his power. So as the Philistines, if you are rejoicing in the corner, Israel, Israel, Israel's broken. God's saying, don't rejoice. Because that rod that you think is so broken is going to become a flying snake and attach itself to your neck. How do you like them apples? See, whenever you're trying to uh, have the worst out for God's people in the end, it's going to come back and bite you. You can be assured of that. Do not rejoice, you Philistines, here's the NIV, that the rod that struck you is broken. From the root of that snake will spring up a viper. Its fruit will be a darting, venomous serpent. It's going to bite you. Whenever you uh, fight against your maker or quarrel with him, it will end badly for you. Verse 30. And those who are most helpless will eat, and the needy will lie down in security. I will destroy your root with famine, and it will kill off your survivors. Wail, O gate, cry, O city, melt away, O Philistia, all of you, for smoke comes from the north, and there is no straggler in his ranks. Now, what was happening at this time historically is Assyria was dominating the world. And Assyria was a threat to everybody. And anybody who was laughing at the demise of another nation, God was basically saying, the Assyrians are coming, and the Assyrians are going to deal with you, and the smoke that you see rising is coming in your direction. So don't sit there and think that you're cool and it's not going to impact you. It's easy sometimes to sit on the sidelines and look from a distance and think that we are just simply uh, watching something happen. This happened to me when I was in India. We went to the area of Calcutta, India, and we were with a group of American uh, Christians. We were doing a missions trip, and I was on this big bus, and India's traffic is absolutely crazy. There are these policemen in white uniforms and they're always blowing whistles and everybody honks their horn constantly in India. And there's no lines on the road and traffic just goes, we got in an accident right after we got off the airplane. And we're, here we are as Americans, you know, we're not supposed to witness on the streets in a lot of these cities, if not all of them. And we get in a little fender bender and our uh, driver gets out of the car and he's going to start arguing with the guy who he hit. And so they're arguing back and forth, and then you see our driver kind of back down a little bit. Turned out that the guy he hit was a military official, and the military official started pointing, and we're like, great, we just got to India, and we're, going, we're all going to jail, right? So anyway, we ended up in this area of Calcutta, and uh, all the traffic is screeching to a halt, and there's all these people honking their horns and whistles blowing, and we're coming to the area where Mother Teresa ministered, and a lot of wild things, a lot of poor people, and... And I thought, well, you know, I'm just kind of watching this. I'm just watching this from the windows of the bus. And we heard there's a political uprising a mile up the road. And I'm thinking, well, we're going to stop a little bit short of that, and it's cool. I'm just kind of watching what's going on. I'm on the bus. bus was even air conditioning until the bus died in the middle of India in this traffic with the whistles and the horns. And you're thinking, oh, no. I hope they have AAA in India. I don't know if they do, right? So each member is getting off the bus and running, and I don't know what they're doing. And finally, I think to myself, I guess I'm going to have to get off this bus. So I get off the bus, and I see our guide, and he's all sweaty, and other Americans are in the back of this bus pushing the bus in India. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. I will destroy your root with famine, and it will kill off your survivors. Wail, O gate, cry, O city, melt away, O Philistia, all of you. For smoke comes from the north, and there is no straggler in his ranks. Now, what was happening at this time historically is Assyria was dominating the world. And Assyria was a threat to everybody. And anybody who was laughing at the demise of another nation, God was basically saying, the Assyrians are coming, and the Assyrians are going to deal with you, and the smoke that you see rising is coming in your direction. So don't sit there and think that you're cool and it's not going to impact you. It's easy sometimes to sit on the sidelines and look from a distance and think that we are just simply uh, watching something happen. This happened to me when I was in India. We went to the area of Calcutta, India, and we were with a group of American uh, Christians. We were doing a missions trip, and I was on this big bus, and India's traffic is absolutely crazy. There are these policemen in white uniforms and they're always blowing whistles and everybody honks their horn constantly in India. And there's no lines on the road and traffic just goes, we got in an accident right after we got off the airplane. And we're, here we are as Americans, you know, we're not supposed to witness on the streets in a lot of these cities, if not all of them. And we get in a little fender bender and our uh, driver gets out of the car and he's going to start arguing with the guy who he hit. And so they're arguing back and forth, and then you see our driver kind of back down a little bit. Turned out that the guy he hit was a military official, and the military official started pointing, and we're like, great, we just got to India, and we're, going, we're all going to jail, right? So anyway, we ended up in this area of Calcutta, and uh, all the traffic is screeching to a halt, and there's all these people honking their horns and whistles blowing, and we're coming to the area where Mother Teresa ministered, and a lot of wild things, a lot of poor people, and... And I thought, well, you know, I'm just kind of watching this. I'm just watching this from the windows of the bus. And we heard there's a political uprising a mile up the road. And I'm thinking, well, we're going to stop a little bit short of that, and it's cool. I'm just kind of watching what's going on. I'm on the bus. Bus was even air conditioning until the bus died in the middle of India in this traffic with the whistles and the horns. And you're thinking, oh, no. I hope they have AAA in India. I don't know if they do, right? So each member is getting off the bus and running, and I don't know what they're doing. And finally, I think to myself, I guess I'm going to have to get off this bus. So I get off the bus, and I see our guide, and he's all sweaty, and other Americans are in the back of this bus pushing the bus in India. And so finally, I got on, and there I was, and I looked at a team member next to me, and I said, I am pushing a bus in India. What am I doing? Well, thankfully, all of a sudden, we push-started the bus. It was a great thing. And it started again, and we got on the bus, and we got to our destination. Whew, I'll tell you, there was some concern there for a few moments, though. 
How then will one answer the messengers of the nation, 32? That the Lord has founded Zion and the afflicted of his people will seek refuge in it. Uh, This is the end of the chapter. And basically the idea here is that God is the one who has uh, uh, founded Zion. Uh, The people, his afflicted people will seek refuge. God is a God of refuge. How then, how, how then will one answer the messengers of the nation, those nations that are mocking the people of God? God has written his name on Zion. And eventually his will will be done in that region. And so people will seek refuge. The afflicted people will seek refuge in Zion. This is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth should change. And though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, Selah, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling places of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. I don't know where you go when you're seeking refuge. You know, there's a lot of people that are turning to everything else today. But one by one, the things that we seek refuge in are falling apart, and really they can't deliver anyway. And so God is our refuge. And sometimes I think that God allows certain things to come our way as people and even as nations so that the only place that we can go is Him. Have you ever been there before? I've been in some situations in my life where, you know, I was praying about something, I thought I was doing the right thing, and God brought me right to the edge. And I even whined about it, to be honest. I said, God, I'm teaching your word. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I was right at the edge of the Red Sea thinking, there's no way out. There's nothing that can happen here. And then at least two times I can tell you that I've walked out in my front yard and understood the verse that God will do more than we can ever ask or imagine. Where God opened, he parted the Red Sea, metaphorically speaking for me. The only reason I'm standing here tonight is because God has done that in my life. He's brought me right to the verge where there was no human uh, opportunity to go anywhere else. And then he opened the way so that he would get the glory. Now we're going to swing from the Philistines to the Moabites, 15.1. The oracle, this is a heavy message now concerning Moab. Surely in a night, R of Moab, and no, he's not a pirate, R (laughs) is devastated and ruined. Surely in a night, Kerr of Moab is devastated and ruined. They have gone up to the temple and to Debon, even to the high places to weep. Moab wails over Nebo and Mediba, these are cities. Everyone's head is bald and every beard is cut off. Now there's so much war happening in the region. Assyria is such a danger to so many people that People are falling in their wake, and the Moabites are no exception. Now, the Moabites were always a thorn in the side of the Israelites. They uh, existed as a people because of an incestuous relationship that Lot had with a daughter. And over time, they were a people that just uh, up in the region near Edom and so forth, they just were a problem for the Israelites. The Moabite women were the women who enticed the Israelites to get into pagan rites and commit sexual um, abominations before God. 
Uh, remember when Balaam in Numbers 25 tried to get them to sin, and finally, before they crossed the Jordan, these women impacted them this way. They were a, a nation that was always causing problems for Israel. And when they encountered their own problems, notice what they do. They go up, verse 2, to the high places to weep. Now, the high places were the places on top of hills and mountains where they thought they could get close to their false gods. And they went up there and they shaved their head. This was a uh, form of mourning, a way to display your mourning, and plucked out or cut off their beard because they were in ruin. There were problems. Now, when there are problems facing our world, the question is, where do we go? Where do we turn? Right now, America is facing issues. We have economic problems. We have problems in families. We have problems in a lot of different areas. And the question that we have before us is where are we going to go in those, in those issues? Are we going to go to the high places? Are we going to retreat to the places that we used to go in the world? Are we going to go up there and cry and hope that our false gods will somehow deliver us? Remember, that's, that's how Israel always got themselves in trouble. Whenever they lived in plenty and prosperity, they would overspend, they would overindulge, and they would forget God. And they would put themselves in a position where God would finally say, if those false gods are going to steer you away from me, then I am going to deal with you. I'm going to get your attention. And God would often do that through foreign invading nations. Until finally Israel would give up the high places. Remember, they would tear down the, the ashram poles. They would knock down the altars of false worship and they would get back to the living God. And the good kings were always the kings that led the nation back to God. But in uh, congruence with that, they would tear down the false altars. There are two things that you must do if you want to come back to God. You need to come back to true worship of God but you also need to tear down the false idols in your life. Sometimes what we do is we try to do one or the other. Sometimes we say, you know what, I've got an idol in my life and it's this particular issue. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll try to get rid of that. I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to quit this or I'm going to quit that. And then we try to do it in our own strength and maybe we leave God out of the equation or maybe we say, no, what I'm going to do is go back to church and we go back to church, but we leave that altar sitting there. Maybe it's in a closet. Maybe it's in another room in the house and we leave it. And when we do that, what we do is we end up deceiving ourselves. Because by leaving that thing there, what we've really said is, I'll leave you there when I really, 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 really need you. Because you're really the place I like to go instead of God. And God says, no, I want you to clean the nation of these high places and altars so that I will be the one that you come to, the most high God. And look, we're all in situations tonight where if, they, if we were going to be honest, we'd say, you know what, I don't do that all the time really well, but I'm working on it. Maybe you can work on one thing at a time, but you know, work on it. Because God wants to be the answer. You've been listening to Philistia's Fall and Moab's Morning, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 14 through 16. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. And if you'd like to watch recent messages or church services with Pastor Michael and the Living Truth congregation, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find that channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael.
Well, as we see in Isaiah chapters 13 and following, there are many oracles, weighty messages delivered to Philistia and Babylon and Damascus and Egypt and others. And this is a reminder that God said, I will bless those who bless you, but the one who curses you, I will curse. And you can see these nations around about Israel that interacted with them. And when it was negative, uh, there was a negative impact on that nation. And so this is where we can see the truth that God said, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And these oracles or weighty messages are spoken to them through Isaiah, really based upon how they interacted with the people of God, translating that to our modern age. You know, we, uh, most of you listening are Americans, and we have a relationship with Israel. Does the same truth apply today, that God will bless those who bless Israel? Something to consider and something to really be thinking about as we think about uh, policy worldwide and our priorities as a nation, and of course, uh, our priorities as a church. Well, this is Pastor Michael Lance. This is Walk in Truth. We're glad you're listening to today's broadcast in the incredible book of Isaiah. And uh, just reach out to us whenever you need to at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to talk to you, minister to you, Take advantage of that number. And remember, you can always contact us through walkintruth.com. Well, Lord willing, we'll do part two on Philistia's fall and Moab's morning right here. We'll see you then. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah 14 through 16 called Philistia's Fall and Moab's Morning. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.